welcome to Track Cells Tracking Cells Podcast, your go-to source for the latest news and insights into advanced therapy value chains. Hi, and welcome to Tracking Cells. I'm Helen Hopkins, Senior Marketing Manager at TrackCell. Today, we're joined by Leah Silvestri, the Senior Director of Customer Experience and Engagement at TrackCell. With her extensive expertise in delivering informatic solutions to cord blood and blood and marrow transplant centres, Leah brings a wealth of knowledge to our discussion. And Dr. Matthew Lakeling, co-founder and vice president of scientific affairs and product development at Traxel. As a pharmacologist with a deep understanding of advanced therapy processes and the challenges associated with managing them, Matt's insights will be invaluable. In this episode of the podcast, we discuss the significance of early technology adoption, simplifying therapy administration, and the power of collaboration in delivering these life-changing treatments. Let's dive into how advancements in technology are addressing the challenges of the rapidly growing cell and gene therapy industry. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I'm really excited to hear what you've got to tell us about orchestration in the CGT industry. I was going to start with something that's sort of really just very simple and just get your take on what is really meant by the term cell orchestration. Well, to me, the the term orchestration comes from uh, a conductor managing an orchestra. And within an orchestra, you have many different individuals, many different groups, woodwind, brass, uh, percussion. And it's very similar for advanced therapy products, where what you find in advanced therapy supply chains is that you have many different types of stakeholders that can act independently. You might have collection centers, logistics providers, manufacturers, cell therapy owners, quality groups, and you need to find a way to harmonize their activities to get them to work together the same way a conductor would manage an orchestra. So that's where I see the term orchestration comes from, is actually being able to get those different groups together to understand their relationship with each other, to make great music in the terms of an orchestra, or actually to develop a therapy to the correct patient in the terms of advanced therapies. So it's a really complex process by the sound of it with lots of different parties involved. And is that why specific cell orchestration systems have taken foothold or do you feel there's another reason that's driving it? You're right. These are very, very complex processes. And also there are heavy constraints in these types of processes too. So let's use the example as an autologous uh, product. There's significant risk to a patient if they receive a drug product that's been generated from someone else's cells. So the complexity there is making sure that a patient receives a drug product that's been generated from their cells and from no one else's. And the complexity is exacerbated when you think about the different types of stakeholders that handle those cells in order to turn it from starting material into a drug product. And so the orchestration system drives down that risk by making sure that we can harmonize activities between those individuals, but also make sure that the correct patient does receive that correct uh, drug product by managing to identify it throughout the whole process. Incredibly important for successful treatment of patients. This sounds like it's a really personalized form of medicine on the whole. Is that always the case or do we have other examples sort of creeping in? Well, advanced therapies can be Uh, personalized, so autologous. Uh, You can also have um, allogeneic, but you can have matched allogeneic processes too, where you're actually finding a donor and finding a donor whose biology matches the biology of the patient. So again, that's, that's very personalized and perhaps slightly more complicated because you're adding an additional person into the supply chain. 
But also these therapies can be not so patient specific as well. So for example, you might have some gene therapies which are of high value and therefore you need to track and manage that supply chain very, very carefully. You know, some of these gene therapies have a, a list price of about $3 million a dose. So being able to manage that is exceptionally important. And also some of these gene therapies, you're dosing based on body weight. So again, there's a slight personalized part of the supply chain, making sure that you're sending just the right number of vials to treat a patient to ensure that you're not sending out expensive drugs that may potentially be stored and, and used for a different patient. So it's, it's managing those different aspects there. But the heavily personalized nature of advanced therapies means that these therapies also have um, profound clinical effects. And so the, the complexity associated with the products and manage them is, is outweighed by the, the, the responses that patients are having to these treatments. And I think to add to that, personalized medicine or immunotherapy is really a paradigm shift in medicine and the way we treat patients and the promise that it offers, as Matt mentioned, in terms of curing disease as opposed to treating disease. And there's time sensitivity involved in delivering a living drug, if you will, as opposed to, you know, a traditional uh, medicine in the past, which has been, you know, compound medicine. So that adds a degree of complexity because every step in the process is time sensitive uh, for the viability of that drug product uh, to return back to the patient and actually deliver the promise of a cure, if you will. That's a really interesting part of it, because I suppose that's somewhere where automation can potentially come in to its own in terms of driving timelines. It sounds like you deal with a lot of different types of customer. Do you, any, either of you have any examples or anecdotes of the sorts of things or sorts of challenges that customers are trying to specifically address when they're looking to deploy an, an orchestrator system? Well, again, I think that the, the big challenge, particularly with scale, and as these therapies hold promise uh, for the patient population of whatever target disease that you're dealing with, the challenge remains that there are many players involved across the supply chain in ensuring that that therapy gets delivered to the patient and many clinical sites that you have to deal with, manufacturing facilities that you have to deal with. So real-time insight into the process and where that drug product is at any given moment provides agility. I think, uh, you know, people being able to respond in a proactive way in order to ensure that those patients get their particular drug product in the time uh, necessary. And just to sort of add to, to Leah's point there, so just a few little statistics from some implementation of orchestration systems that we've had at Traxel. So we had one customer with a personalized cancer vaccine product. It was taking somewhere in the region of about 200 emails to coordinate each patient's treatment. And by implementing orchestration, that was brought down to just four emails. So our system was automating communication between different stakeholders and really simplifying the management. Secondly, with, with our system, we've managed to, we've seen real world decrease in deviations. So typically decreasing deviations associated with supply chain by about 80%. So again, that's a significant way of not only simplifying the management, but actually getting your treatment to a patient faster because you're not having to uh, review deviations before you can release a product uh, to a patient. And then 
around our, our product as well, we, we provide some um, assistance around scheduling. And with our scheduler, we've decreased the time it takes to schedule a treatment from for one of our customers from around about eight hours to, to 40 minutes. So, and, and that 40 minutes does sound quite high, but actually you've got to recognize that these patients, their timing changes, manufacturing availability changes. So, so 40 minutes to schedule a patient is, is very, very good. And then with those automated notifications as well, we've seen a real world decrease of about 40 hours per patient being saved. So these all sort of accumulate to really demonstrate the value of orchestrating. And you always forget the sort of um, when, when you put the, that dollar value amount on the amount of time that it takes, but also we're de-risking the supply chain as well. So ensuring that, a, that uh, maximizing the opportunity for a patient to receive their treatment. Yeah, because I guess with a, an industry like this, where, where patient safety clearly is absolutely at the forefront, there must be quite a few regulatory and quality challenges and considerations within that supply chain and the handling of those materials that, that go into what you're providing. Is that something that the system sort of touches on or helps to reinforce? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the, the two core tenets of regulatory compliance that Traxel helps to address is chain of identity management and chain of custody management. The, the regulatory environment can be a little bit complex as well because your starting material, patients' tissues and cells, they're governed by tissue and transplant re- regulations whereas the drug product itself comes under GMP regulations. So you have to cross the Rubicon from tissue and transplant into pharma manufacturing regulations too. So again, it can be quite a complex regulatory environment to navigate through. And there's also additional challenges as well associated with using orchestration systems, not just linked to pharma and tissue regulations, but also patient data information as well. So things such as HIPAA compliance and GDPR compliance needs to be addressed in order to demonstrate that the systems that you're using are compliant and you're protecting patients' data correctly too. You've just mentioned HIPAA and GDPR. That's obviously changing depending on where in the world you are as well as an additional challenge. Is this something that is spanning different regulatory environments and different geographies at this stage? Or is the industry still too far in its infancy, really, to be kind of seeing that ex- sort of expansion? Well, we are seeing some initiatives around standardization of certain activities. But principles of data protection are, are similar between GDPR and HIPAA. However, there are location-specific nuances that need to be addressed. And using our platform, for example, you can decide on the location of data residency. So that allows, it makes that sort of management of patient data far, far simpler than if you had a a fixed location for data residency. And then furthermore, it's also rather tedious part, but something that's very, very important. At Traxel, we are very, very clear on our responsibilities with regard to management of data and very, very clear on our customers' responsibilities for the management of data. So we make sure that we put those correct agreements in place so that our customers don't fall foul to any uh, data protection regulations too. And I think by implementing an electronic data system, like an orchestration system, what's inherent in a system like this is tools that allow us to achieve compliance, like 21 CFR Part 11 compliance with electronic signatures and audit trails and data security, uh, for instance. And what that allows for when you're, in particular, when you're scaling in an industry like this with so many, again, people involved in the delivery of this drug product to the patient, is that we're 
enforcing protocol processes within the application itself. So errors that can be overlooked in a paper system are now more readily automated and prevented by introducing an orchestration system of this magnitude. Okay, that's really interesting. So I'm guessing in some ways that's where the nuances between kind of tracking and orchestration become apparent because we all deal every day with tracking systems that are quite passive. You know, we can go onto our our online shopping and look where our parcel is and that sort of side of things. But this sounds like it's something that's much more specific to the industry that's actually actively helping to drive those processes forward rather than just giving you a view as to where something currently is. Yeah, the, our software was specifically developed for advanced therapies. So you're absolutely right. It's very much an active system, not a passive system. We, we do take that moniker orchestration incredibly quickly. So we've got continued updates of information shared between those different partners, not just about chain of identity, chain of custody, but actually scheduling and coordinating activities between those different partners, which you wouldn't get from a passive system. And it's the coordination is the key for some of these products. Those ones that have short shelf lives or even part of their manufacturing process has a short shelf life, like uh, starting material, you might have somewhere between 48 to 72 hours of of a shelf life. So from taking starting to getting it into a manufacturing environment, you may just have two to three days. So being able to be sure that once when you take starting material that there is a manufacturing slot available is absolutely key to the execution of a manufacturing exercise for a particular patient. In addition to that, implementing a system like this enforces that uh, only the people that are trained and qualified to perform certain activities along the journey actually can perform those activities. So there's There's also the integrity of the entire delivery of the drug product that's maintained just inherently by implementing the system and ensuring that only those responsible for certain steps in the process can perform those tasks. That's a really interesting one, actually. And I imagine that could be um, quite the challenge with the kind of sites where you've got lots of different people involved. And, you know, like you say, lots of people qualified to do various different things. We've spoken a lot about how technology can help within the sector. Have you got some sort of insights as to how the industry has changed and whether orchestration is becoming sort of more relevant or less relevant to the industry as it, it matures? I would say there's been tremendous growth in the industry over the last few years in particular, you know, the first CAR-T drug product was approved in 2017. And, you know, there were only two up until 2019, and we've grown to six here in, in 2022. The expected growth is something like fivefold between now and 2025 in terms of, you know, these types of drug products coming to market. And, in particular, when, when CAR-T was first approved, it was, we made medical history. It was a very unusual moment in time where the FDA actually fast-tracked the approval of this first CAR-T product, which was extremely unusual for the industry. And it really demonstrated the promise that these types of therapies have. And so what we're seeing in industry is back in, at that point in time, there weren't many cell and gene therapy companies out on the market. And now we're seeing there's over 500 and at least over 60 here in the Boston area. So there's an incredible amount of growth in a short period of time for this particular industry. And the expectation is that many of these drug products will probably move to 
commercialization in a shorter period of time than what we've seen historically with other drug products in the medical field. And I just think to add as well, to do with sort of the, the, the evolving technology, we're seeing different types of advanced therapies coming through. Obviously, the CAR-Ts, the autologous CAR-Ts were the, the starting point, but we've seen some really interesting new ones come through. We've got some, we're managing some matched allogeneic therapies on behalf of our customers. Our software has been deployed for personalized cancer vaccines, and we're seeing some really interesting ones now for autologous, sorry, allogeneic CAR-Ts, partially matched allogeneic CAR-Ts, some genetically modified hematopoietic stem cells. And what's what's challenging about these, each of them have their own sort of product nuance. Their starting material might have a slightly different uh, regime required for managing them correctly. And with our configurable nature of our software, it allows us to address the product-specific nuance, the supply chain-specific nuances as well, in a way that uh, allows the, the, the treatment, the, these treatments to be managed correctly. And then also what we've seen over the last uh, 10 years or so is introduction of new types of uh, supporting technologies and additional sort of new new service providers coming into the market. And so what we've done as a business is we've looked at those service providers, those complementary pieces of software, and we've built integrations with those to make uh, data transfer far, far easier, far, far faster. And that really does drive efficiencies into that supply chain too. Still allowing that control tower view of the the supply chain, but um, pulling in data from more sources. With all those sort of technologies, you know, and therapy classes that are sitting out there, how are developers adapting to manage those challenges? I mean, I imagine it's quite a complex thing to do if you've got a therapy pipeline that's got maybe several different classes or lots of different processes. I've certainly seen companies having a more diverse product pipeline where they have both allogeneic and autologous treatments in their pipeline. They might have different types of starting material too. They might have an immunotherapy-based product or a modified hematopoietic stem cell-based product. So there's there's definitely a a spread of risk being undertaken by our customers. Um, and, And that really needs to be reflected in the flexibility of the orchestration system that they're using. And and it's just something that as a company, we've had to help our customers with their diverse pipelines, because one of the advantages really of of working with Traxcell is that being sort of a long established business, we have, we've had experience with different types of products, different types of starting material, and it may be new to our customer, but it's not necessarily new to us. In terms of, you know, how the challenges differ between those sorts of therapy classes, can you give us any examples of the the different sorts of challenges that they might be facing within those sorts of supply chains? Yeah, very simply, if you think about an advanced therapy product, let's compare a CAR-T with a TIL, a tumor infiltrating lymphocyte, very different starting material. So for a CAR-T product, you're using apheresis. So it's taken from uh, usually collected at blood centers. And whereas for a till process, you're taking tumor biopsies, uh, usually collected in, in a theater environment. What we see for the apheresis-based starting material, you have standardized ways of collecting material. You have standardized ways of labeling these materials. You know, there's, there's sort of several different labeling standards. It might be ISBT128. It might be Eurocode. It might be EUCT. But in essence, there's a simple way that most collection centers will be able to understand, to use and label 
the, the, these starting materials. Now, for tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, typically the approach to labeling these, these products can change on a hospital by hospital basis. And so what you might have to do in these situations is decide upon a, a regimen for, for labeling these and then try to implement it across all those different collection centers. And it's very challenging to do that if you're not using an electronic system, because very, very simply, you can use the electronic system to record the information that you need, and then the electronic system can generate the label for you. The challenges with tumor-based starting material is that you might be taking several different samples from several different tumors, and being able to identify those and to be able to link those to, to, a, to a single patient can be very challenging if you uh, certainly haven't undertaken this type of procedure before. From your background, Leah, because I know that you've worked with quite a lot of, of companies that are dealing with specifically autotherapies. Are you seeing a diverse range of challenges from those that they're trying to manage or does it just boil down to chain of identity? I think mostly it boils down to chain of identity. But again, you know, the, uh, the biggest challenge I'm seeing with delivering these therapies is uh, coming from the clinical sites. They're just not equipped to deliver the volume and and to meet the demands. They're resource constrained. And in the absence of automation, as Matt mentioned, you know, uh, being able to generate labels and and have a sort of a, a standardized way of entering the information into a centralized system, it becomes very, very challenging for them to keep up. I think right now what we're dealing with is most of the centers of excellence are only willing to take on six new therapies that they're reaching their threshold at, at, you know, at that point. It's incredibly important to offer them a platform that is uh, very simple, provides a, a user experience that is uniform, regardless of the variation between the therapies, so that they can actually perform the necessary tasks that uh, are required of all the sponsors across the various therapies. So, so we're seeing a lot of that being, uh, you know, heightened demand, if you will, from the industry, really uh, simplifying the user experience in, in the clinical sites. In order for the sector to grow and move forward, it sounds like there's quite a lot of resource contention within those clinics and those environments. What sort of technologies can you see coming in in future that will will help to alleviate and help the industry kind of grow and scale in, in the way that it seems like it's set to with, with these really promising therapies coming through? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that technology is moving at lightning speed. I think we all can agree, right? Uh, with the movement, just forget this industry, movement into um, AI and things of that nature. And with this industry moving so quickly in terms of these therapies coming out and available on the market, I think education is going to be an incredibly important factor in terms of making sure that the general population is aware of the therapies, but also the clinics and, and the uh, clinical providers of these types of therapies. So to me, the building block of uh, digitization and meeting the requirements around education and visibility to these types of therapies starts with the cell orchestration system. It's the first step in building and in introducing electronic data capture right across the uh, patient journey. 
And so with that, more standardization, I think, across the industry in terms of the way that we leverage technology in order to sort of meet the needs so that we can scale in these, not only in the clinic, but also in the manufacturing facilities is going to be of the utmost importance. I agree entirely with you, Leah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think standardization is is essential, not just around procedures, but maybe also around data structures as well, how you can exchange data between systems. And something that we've also looked at at Traxel is possibly a way of aggregating data from different types of advanced therapies to then use perhaps um, uh, analytical techniques to identify ways to improve efficiencies in the supply chain, whether it be supply routes, whether it be uh, identifying certain uh, activities at clinical sites that work better than others. So th- there's there's definitely a whole raft of opportunities available and the the important part is we've we've got to keep pushing forward and we've got to keep innovating because uh, the patients deserve that that's really sounds really interesting matt and and leah mentioned you know there's this not reluctance that's the wrong word but there's this kind of blockage of sites not being able to take on those new therapies they're only being able to take on six is that something that we're seeing elsewhere in in the the supply chain that sort of prohibitive resource allocation that's stopping these therapies from kind of they're very complex and difficult to manage and i'll sort of use the example of kidney dialysis when kidney dialysis was first introduced it was localized to specialist centers but over time as physicians and nurses and healthcare professionals became familiar with these types of procedures. Uh, Kidney dialysis went from specialist centers now to what you might um, perhaps uh, unkindly call cottage hospitals. So I see that as the knowledge and understanding of the importance of of identifying patients and, and managing their starting material correctly, potentially also managing some of the side effects associated with advanced therapies, as that proliferates through the various healthcare providers, we'll actually see more and more hospitals and centres being able to offer these treatments because the the knowledge needed for managing the patient is very different from other types of treatments. Also, you've got to recognise that most of the advanced therapies, uh, for the, certainly in the early stages, were addressing small-sized patient populations. And so, therefore, it was relatively easy to have centers of excellence where you're only treating a few hundred patients a year. What we see now is some really interesting advanced therapies addressing indications that have much larger patient populations. And this will actually force the proliferation of advanced therapies into uh, away from centers of excellence, just because the patient numbers uh, make it necessary for more and more hospitals to adopt these treatments and being able to manage these types of therapies. It sounds like a, a giant game of chess in some ways, you know, one piece moves and, and the whole landscape changes within that therapy just for, for one patient. Just coordinating all those those various different parties and, and suppliers is is a massive challenge. And, and it sounds like from a lot of what you've said, it's, it sounds like the sort of thing that, you know, there are some really interesting initiatives coming through to deal with and to alleviate. Just as a as a wrap up, then, is there anything that you think that you would like to see in terms of of technology or solution set being utilised more within the, the CGT and the orchestration environments? From my perspective, I think 
it's becoming increasingly important that developers of these drug products start early in terms of introducing electronic data capture. Far too often, we see the focus being on the clinical study, the science, if you will, as opposed to implementing a cell orchestration system that matches in scale with respect to the functionality that's required, that maps directly to the where you are in terms of that development process, right? So if we if we start too late, we're behind the eight ball in terms of being able to deliver and uh, meet the patient demands. And so I, I would say that what I'm observing is that there's an increase in industry the in the willingness to consider cell orchestration systems sooner to again sort of address the complexities involved in uh, delivering these types of therapies enforce some of the the validation that's going to be required across the various stakeholders that are involved in delivering these treatments so that you've got those building blocks in place and you can scale those solutions and not far uh, fall far behind as you, you know, grow and move into the commercialization phase. Any final bits to wrap up, Matt? I couldn't agree with Leah more. Perhaps some th- uh, it's not really a technology per se, but I think everyone that's developing an advanced therapy needs to think about the impact that their therapy might have in the clinical environment. Think about the demands placed on those healthcare professionals. So just making it as simple as possible to administer, to manage these therapies. And something that we've worked quite hard on at Traxel, well, well, since the company's inception, actually, is the user interface that we have for our system. So we want to make it as easy as possible for someone to manage an advanced therapy. And we're going to continue working on that. And I think as an industry, if we can address that, make it as easy as possible for those healthcare professionals to administer and manage advanced therapies, then I think we're, we're going in the right direction. And I think as a, an, in, an, in the industry as a whole, there's an increased focus on collaboration between the clinical sites that are delivering these treatments and, and the sponsors and manufacturers. They're really coming together and realizing we've got a big problem here to solve in terms of making sure that these treatments are available to these patients in the long term. And we've got to come together. We can't continue to work in these silos. We have to come together and solve the problem. I think that's amazing. I think that's a really fantastic note to end on. So thank you so much both for your time. It's been amazing hearing everything that you've got to say and and how quickly the sector is moving forward and how quickly all the other sectors that support it are having to to move forward to to keep up with those advances within the CGT and bring them to, to customers. So thank you very much indeed. And we hope that you enjoyed listening and you'll join us again next time thanks for listening to the tracking cells podcast to stay connected with the latest episodes and updates be sure to subscribe to the podcast on our website trackcell.com you can also follow trackcell on linkedin or find us on twitter at trackcell underscore until next time